Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the New Books Network. My first memories of the three of us, still inside, impatient to be born. We were waiting, like at the top of the water slides you see at amusement parks on TV, slippery wet and sliding all over one another to see who got to go first, shivering, hysterical, mostly with laughing, but a little with fear. The winner, me, streamed away from the other two, excited to slide and smug, because I got to be the first but also a little scared to leave them and a little left out because of the time they'd get to spend alone together until it was their turn, too. Not that I've ever been on a water slide. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today I'm talking a second time to author Lori Frankel, whose last book, This Is How It Always Is, was a beautiful exploration of a family with a young child who demands gender affirmation. Now, Lori's fourth novel has just been published. One, two, three tells the story of the Mitchell triplets in the small town of Bourne. The three 16-year-olds are pulled into a fight against the corporation whose product destroyed the town's water supply and ruined the lives of many of its citizens. Their own father died along with all hopes of anyone ever selling their home or business and starting over anywhere else. The one thing everyone in town knows for sure is that they must never drink or use the water. Hi, Lori. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Galit. Thank you so much for doing this. So what inspired you to write this novel about triplets and the struggle of a town to survive? It's such a good question, and, and it's in some ways such a hard one to answer, I think, all the time, um, because there are so many things that inspire a book. One of them is that in January 2016, I read an article in the New York Times Magazine about a town in West Virginia downstream from a chemical plant that had been polluting their waters, and the lawyer who had been suing on behalf of the citizens of this town for 25 years. And I thought that was remarkable. I, I could not stop thinking about that. And, um, and as I started looking into it, I found that 
um, it is remarkable, but what's remarkable is the, the tenacity of that lawyer and those citizens, rather than the polluting event itself and the corporate malfeasance itself, which in fact turns out to be to be really quite common. And that what I had to do in the way of research was nothing more than pick up a newspaper every day. And the, the particulars of it varied extraordinarily widely. Um, the, the central fact of it, that there are all of these towns all over the country and indeed all over the world that, that are suffering from this kind of polluting of their water and their air and their soil um, is just extraordinarily widespread and, and extraordinarily heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that character who inspired you, Dr. Lily or AKA Pastor Jeff, how is it possible for one person to wear so many hats? Can you say more about him? <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, I think that it is one of the things about small towns that everybody has to pitch in, um, in, in more than one capacity. And we see that from not, not so much the, the, the teenage girls who are narrating this book, but certainly everybody else in town, um, like their mother is the therapist and this town needs an unusually large amount of therapy, but she's also the bartender. And uh, I guess this town also needs an extraordinarily large amount of booze. Um, and and so she does both of those and she also bakes for everyone in town. And um, Pastor Jeff is the pastor he does for all religions. So um, one of the things that, that we learn is that there, there are too few people left for everybody to to, get, to have their own religion. So no matter what religion you are, he's he's what you get. He's he's the one who is um, tending their souls, but he is also the one who is tending their bodies because he's the only he's the only doctor in town. Um, they are too small and not near enough to um, a major metropolitan center to have a, a large medical community to have a, a hospital nearby. Um, they mostly don't have insurance and so and no means of getting any and so they don't attract providers um, and so it's one of the things it's one of the the results of losing the town's employer and all of the jobs that went with it is that they also lost their access to health care which is another thing that is happening all over this country mm-hmm. the mother nora um She's so wonderful. So I love the part where she insists that her girls eat cake in order to stay healthy. It's just totally my philosophy. So can we talk more about that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Mine too, my philosophy too. I feel like um, I'm a feeder. I I, I want everyone to have food, to have more food. Um, And and I think that sweet things are good. I I believe in in sweet things. Um, In this case in particular though, um, what she points out is that Baking doesn't involve water, so if um, if you make soup, then then you've used a lot of water. If you um, if you are making meats or vegetables um, or fish, there's been a lot of water involved in that in that food chain. Whereas she argues um, the the flour, the wheat was grown far away, and and the processes to make it into flour um, happened far away, and. Um, the thing that is liquid in it is probably butter, which you have, have melted um, on a stove and has nothing to do with water. And that therefore, um, if, if your a priori is to avoid the water, and, and it is for them, um, that the best thing you can do is to fill your children with sweet baked goods. Loved it. Should the mayor bear responsibility for what happened to the town? Right, exactly. That's the question. <laughs> 
Um, and it is a question that becomes um, one of the central ones that Nora herself is asking because she, she has a lot of animosity. She has a lot of anger towards this man. Um, one of the, the things that is interesting is that nobody wants to be the mayor of, of this town. So he's new when everything bad happens um when everything that goes down here goes down he he is brand new to the job um and and it is certainly arguable that he he made a grave error um in consenting to to allow this this company in to to this community um it is also though his argument is we needed the jobs we needed the infrastructure we needed the cash and um and you know and that the town can't can't thrive without those things which is also a really powerful argument and then nobody wants to take over the reins after that and so he's been stuck with his job for um you know nearly two decades that that um is has become a very different job than the one he took on. It's been a lot of cleanup and it's been a lot of making do and working with what he has. And he's actually in many ways does an extraordinary job with, with that very difficult assignment. And, um, and so indeed it is, it is the question that we ask throughout, is it his fault? And, um, and, and is he, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Um, and I think that the answer is, is yes. He, he's all of the above. Ah, but how would he have known that the corporation was lying or that they were going to poison the water? How would he have known that? He couldn't. He couldn't know that. Uh, Nora's argument is it was your job to find out. It was your job to do due diligence and to do all of the research and um, to have been able to see this coming. Uh, her argument is you should have proceeded more slowly than you did so that we weren't so that we weren't all in um, so that we could get out of this if need be, if, if, if what happened happened. Um, her job is her argument is this is this is the. This is your job. Your job is to protect your citizens from exactly the thing that 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 befell them. But indeed, as readers, I think we we think there was there was no way for him to know. He was he was lied to too. He was tricked too. And furthermore, that his point, which is, we need the jobs. We need the healthcare. We need the tax dollars. We need the incentives. We need the infrastructure. Are all absolutely right. And so he is in a very, very difficult position. Mm-hmm. When the triplets are in fifth grade and the, the state sends an independent education team to evaluate the school and they leave saying there are too many special educations for them to grapple with. Right. Can you talk about that? Yes, for sure. Um, it is certainly true that what looks like normal in this town is not probably what looks like normal anywhere else. And so um, you bring in educational consultants from, from somewhere else in the state or somewhere else in the country, and um, they are indeed going to be taken aback by, by what they find in this town, which the, the citizens of, of which have indeed suffered extraordinary losses and, and extraordinary um, hardships and challenges be, because of, of drinking this, this water. Um, it is also true, though, that uh, issues of diagnosis are extraordinarily fraught, I think, everywhere and would be really different in a small town that was very removed from uh, everywhere else and, and had very different uh, situations and parameters than everywhere else. I think the diagnosis there looks really, really different. And so, um, indeed, what they say is too many of these kids are on the spectrum. And uh, Monday, who probably 
would be diagnosed as on the spectrum anywhere else has no idea what they're talking about. And when she goes to Pastor Jeff, um, who is the, the doctor, and, and asks him, um, you know, what he explains to her is, well, a spectrum is looks really different here than it looks in other places. And in some ways, they are, they are much more set up to um, deal with with a variety of students and their variety of needs um, than any place else. One of the questions that I went in with was what we need a diagnosis for anyway, what a diagnosis means. And in in our world and in the rest of the world, in lots of ways, the answer to that is, well, you can't get a, um, a, like you can't get educational services if you don't have a diagnosis. You can't get medical services if you don't have a diagnosis. You can't get healthcare. You can't check off the right boxes on the forms. But if you don't have those needs, if, if, if those things are not requisite, then, then there are all sorts of other possibilities. And, and some of them are, are heartbreaking and worse. And some of them are actually really positive and quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. Nab, the, um, the uh, number one, volunteers with an older woman who tells her that life can be terrible anywhere, not just in their own town. Right. So, so what I want to know is, how is being bored in born different from teenagers being bored in any other small town? It, it isn't. <laughs> and, and I think not just in any other small town, but anywhere. I think that teenagers in Paris and teenagers in London and teenagers in New York City are also bored out of their minds um, because mm-hmm. it is the state of being a teenager. And um, one of the things that Mab runs up against over and over again over the, the course of the story is that she has no way of knowing what is unique to this indeed unique town where she lives and what is true everywhere because she hasn't been everywhere or indeed anywhere. So she's really isolated. She knows that very strange things have gone down. She knows that their town is very unusual, but she doesn't know how. And so she assumes that, of course, life is really interesting everywhere else. She has nothing to go on but television uh, and and movies where it looks like life is really exciting for teenagers everywhere else. Um, but I think that as readers, we, we read her, her saying that and we think, oh no, sweetie, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not just you. It's it's actually everyone. It's the state of being sixteen, and um and she has she has no way to know that. Nor I think does any sixteen year old. Um, sixteen year olds uh don't don't know anything about the rest of the world, uh, because they are like nearly by definition, um, very very much in the present and very much in their body and and in the place where their body is, and um and that's a a wonderful thing, but it is not a worldly thing. Mm-hmm. So the geography of the place is important, and specifically the library takes a, plays a central role. Can you talk a little bit about the library and how Monday comes to be the town librarian? Yeah, for sure. And in some ways, Monday is living out a fantasy of mine, which is getting to live in a library. I think what could be better? Um, indeed, this town doesn't have enough money, and um, and they need a lot of money for infrastructure because um, they they there are a lot of citizens use wheelchairs, and so um, they need wide sidewalks. They need um, extra long red lights. They they have had to put a lot of money into ramps, and so um, there has not been enough 
money to keep the library going and therefore it's it's shut down and Monday uh, who loves books feels that this is a, a gross indignity and um, that the books have to be that the library has to be has to be saved and if there's no money for it um, that they will have to make do as as they do in so many ways in this town and so she takes she takes the books that they'll let her have and and loans them out of her house and and she lives in a very small house with with two other teenage girls um, and and their mother and so um, she doesn't have a lot of, of room to work with and so she makes do she she stashes books in in her dresser drawers and and in the microwave and in the oven and around the fireplace um, so that so that she can fit it in as many as possible. And therefore, she has also developed a skill, which is that because people can't come in and just browse because there isn't any room, um, they come and they tell her what what they're looking for. And she she also it is also, I think, a, a diagnosis sort of situation. She she determines what it is that they actually need based on what they have asked for and, and goes off and fetches it and, and brings it back to them. I kind of want a librarian like that, too. I know. <laughs> I um, I think, in fact, that it is the magic of librarians. I think it is it is the wonder of all librarians that um, that they possess that skill. You know, I think um, versus say a computer algorithm, which which can only say, oh, you you read this book and that book, it, it, you know, it has a similar theme or has the same author as this other book or was purchased by other people who bought this book. When um, and that only takes you so far. Whereas what you really want to be able to do is to go in and talk to a librarian and say, I loved this book. It spoke to my soul in some way and have them find something that seems completely different, but that actually is also going to speak to your soul. And that's, mm-hmm. that's witchcraft. That's magic. Um, and it is, it is sorely needed. So the triplets are very distinct from each other. Can you talk about your process? How did you create them? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think is interesting about siblings in general and and certainly multiples triplets uh, in particular. They share so much. They share so much of their genetics and they share, um, you know, of course, all of the same. They they live in the same house. They have the same parents. They are raised by the same person. They have the same community. They have um, the same environmental um, inputs. All all of those things are, are the same. And yet they are really, really different from one another. And among other things, they navigate the world very, very differently from one another. And so they had to be really different people and sound really different. Um, They narrate in turns. So I went into this book thinking of it like a waltz, like one, two, three, one, two, three. And that's that's how they narrate. Um, It was what I knew needed to be the case was that you could open this book at random and be able to tell who was speaking. So they had to sound really different. Um, It also seemed obvious to me that they were all going to narrate in the first person because they're teenagers and in the present tense because they're teenagers. Um, None of that, unfortunately, is my my particular inclination as a writer. Um, In early drafts, they all sounded like me. And I used to be a teenage girl, but it's been 30 years. And and then they all sounded alike. And so uh, they needed to start to sound more like teenagers. And they need to just start to sound really, really different from one another and identifiably different from one another. Um, And that just took lots and lots and lots of of editing. Mm -hmm, Because writing is rewriting. Because writing is rewriting, um, especially especially for me. I'm a huge rewriter. Um, You write that Russell Russo 
was a kind and gentle, was kind and gentle and surprisingly good with children. Uh-huh. Why hasn't he been able to make things right? Well, because it, so, so this is their lawyer, Nora's lawyer, who um, at first shows up guns blazing and, and says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to find justice for, for you all. I'm going to sign everybody onto a class action lawsuit. Um, I'm going to take this, this case on contingency and, um, and we're going to, we're going to go to court. And this seems like the answer to Nora. I think it also seems like the answer to the reader. I think it is uh, the answer that is, that is held out to us all the time in cases like this, which is, um, you know, that you, you find justice through the legal system and mm-hmm. that um, that is how these, these corporations will be ha- held to account. And um, what we find over the course of, of this book and what I found over the course of my research is that indeed that is, that is at best an imperfect solution, to put it mildly, that, um, that the ability um, of large, well-funded corporations to make sure that their day in court does not arrive uh, is, is nearly limitless. And, um, and you know, and, and as I say, that was, the, uh, that was the, the article that I started with, is this lawsuit that has been going on for 25 years and counting um, the, the, the ways in which this can be made to work in the favor of citizenry are very, very few and limited. And so um, what the girls realize over the course of this story is that this is that their mother's pass, um, which is this legal one, is is not up to the task and that they have to find they have to find other ways. They have to take matters into their own hands um, and and fight their way rather than this way that has been handed down to us, which is the legal system um, of which of which Russell is, um, you know, is, is a part and, and a champion and he does what he can. Um, but but I think it can't be done. Mm-hmm. So this triggered you to writing a book, and it, it's been a couple of years. Has that other case been resolved? No, yet? no, it has okay. not. In fact, um, it it keeps getting dragged out and dragged out in 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 new ways. Um, so that just when you think, oh, something something has been accomplished here. Um, Yet more things get get dredged up and and um, and drawn out. They made a movie about this um, called Dark Waters, which is a uh, which I think uh-huh. maybe some people have seen. It is really really good movie um, and and certainly worth watching. Um, that really focuses on on the lawyer and, and that work and um, and you know one of the things that, that you see there is that the victories are extraordinarily hard fought and they come. But they just bring you to the to the um, like the base of the next mountain. Basically, there there are these small victories, and um, and then there is it's it, there's so much more ahead um, always, and and in some ways that's very inspiring, but in some ways it is also extraordinarily discouraging and and kind of rage-inducingly unfair. Mm-hmm. What do you hope readers take away from one, two, three? I mean, so many things, <laughs> which uh, is a is a I feel like um, I don't know a difficult answer to give people. Some of it is that my project is always always wider ranges of normal. I think wider ranges of normal make the world a better place for everyone. Um, I also though think that this is a book about uh, figuring out a different path, a different um, way to take down the systems that are harming us. And that those, those paths are, 
are through the woods. They're they're dark and thorny, and yet um, they warrant our our exploration. Um, and and indeed, are demanding that you know that we that we find them. Um, and I also think that this is a book about the ways girls superhero. Um, and so some of the message here is that um, I think it is our daughters who will save us all. I think it is the girls coming up now um, who who have the, the strength and the intelligence um, that's going to get us out of any number of the messes that, that we all find ourselves in at the moment. Um, so it really is a, a tribute to the to the strength of teenage girls, which looks different than, than I think we think it will, um, but which is extremely important not to write off because I think it's going to save us all. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) So what are you working on next? The next novel. I I am always working on the next novel. Um, My kid went to school last week for the first time in a year and a half. So the next novel is slightly behind schedule. Um, But, um, and it's, and, and I think some novels write easy and and some novels take a long time. Some novels write hard. and, And this one is, is proving uh, to be somewhat unwilling to come together as much as I wish it would. Um, so that's what, so that's what I'm I'm doing. I'm I'm uh, I'm chest deep at least in the next book. Can you say what world you're conquering? In it is about adoption. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope I'll get to interview you for that one. And maybe you'll have an update on the deep water situation. Yes, yes, I hope that too. Next. I would. I, okay. I'm thrilled to do it. I love. I love having these conversations with you, and um, and it, and and I can't wait. Thanks so much for joining me today, Lori. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. Me too. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for joining me again. This is GP Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I've been talking with author Lori Frankel about her newest novel, One, Two, Three. Hope you're all able to lose yourself in a good book today and tomorrow too. Happy reading.